Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality, and that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Monday, November 7th, 2022, the 656th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And by doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast on a wide range of podcast platforms and rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. So we are one day away. Tomorrow is election day. And by the time tomorrow ends, we will have an entirely new direction that this country is headed in. And I don't know what direction that is going to be. I'm not saying that simply to imply that I am confident in the red wave that has formed. I absolutely am confident of that. We have a giant majority in this country. It is not a 50-50 country. But 
We have no idea what the impact of election fraud will be, and we can't know just yet what the establishment plans to do as the results begin to come out. But we have some hints. We have some possible scenarios. So today I just want to talk about the lay of the land, where we are with one day left. Before I get started on that, though, it's worth saying congratulations to everyone for having made it this far. This is a serious, serious exercise in stamina and your ability to hold the line, your ability to do what you need to do in your life, to take care of yourself, to take care of your friends and your neighbors and your family, to keep gas in the car and food on the table, to keep your mood and your mental health in check, and to not lose faith in the midst of complete and total opposition from the culture, a culture that is designed to tell you that you are wrong about absolutely everything and to convince your friends and family and neighbors to reinforce that messaging. It has not been fun for anyone, but I can speak for myself in saying that it absolutely has been worth it and that we are winning and we have won. And if you watch Donald Trump's rally speech last night in Miami, you would have the sense that he knows that we've won as well. He looks incredibly confident genuinely happy and ready to move on to the next round of this fight. And the next round of this fight is going to be interesting. It's not just going to be the Democrats anymore. It's going to be the rhinos. It's going to be the rhino part of the establishment that is providing the most resistance to the MAGA movement. They are the last line of defense for the global communists, and we are going to see them activate in a way we probably could have never expected. We're going to begin to see people that we imagined were on our side become quite obviously our enemies. And we need to be prepared for that. And we need to stay focused in the same way we stayed focused as the Democrats and the mainstream culture began launching these same attacks about COVID and climate change denial and election denial and the insurrection and racism and everything else. Election denial. They've been going on and on about this for years now. But it's been mostly from them, while the people on the establishment right are telling us that we need to be responsible. They're telling the left, oh, don't worry about those crazies out there. They're not serious people. Just deal with us. Just deal with us. We'll figure out a way to unify and everything will be okay. Now, a lot of this was just exposed yesterday. We kind of got a little preview of it, courtesy of, as always, Donald Trump, who had a little quip in his rally speech on Saturday night where he called Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious. And immediately the GOP establishment media rushed to Ron DeSantis's defense. How could Donald Trump possibly make a tiny joke about Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis is the greatest thing that has ever happened to the entire world ever. Now, they always forget that Donald Trump got Ron DeSantis elected. Without Donald Trump's help, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be governor right now. It would be Andrew Gillum, 
the man who was found passed out after a long night of drugs and booze and apparently gay sex with a male escort in a hotel room. That would be Florida's governor. And not to take anything away from Ron DeSantis, I've talked about this plenty of times. I think Ron DeSantis has showed a lot of good things, and I hope he keeps showing good things. I hope he tackles election fraud in Florida, and we can get fully behind him as the obvious successor to Donald Trump. That would be wonderful. But we're not there yet. All he's done to counter election fraud in Florida is stand up a state task force. I don't want state task forces. I want audits that are done in front of the public. But that state task force announced an investigation of a ballot harvesting ring in Florida just a week or so ago. The timing is brilliant. It may well be that Ron DeSantis is deeply involved in a plan to take this country back. And I hope that he is. I would love to be a Ron DeSantis fan. But first things first. Now, all of these people think that the best strategy for what they define as GOP success is to move on from Donald Trump to a new candidate. And Ron DeSantis, they imagine, is the first in line. Now, what is their definition of GOP success? That's the first question that has to be asked. If it's just having establishment Republicans in small majorities in the House and the Senate and getting to have an establishment Republican as president every now and then, that's not really a success. We've had that plenty of times before. And during those periods, we have watched the country slip further and further toward global communism. Some of the establishment Republicans have been our very worst politicians. And obviously, I'm referring to the entire Bush family. But we also have the McCain's and the Romney's, the people like Mitch McConnell and Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. That's the Republican establishment. Putting Ron DeSantis at the front of that as more of an establishment candidate doesn't actually help achieve any of our priorities unless we know 100% that Ron DeSantis is committed to America first principles. And again, you can't just assume that's true because he's good at making reporters look silly and he's mean to Disney. The worst possible outcome would be to re-empower the GOP establishment in an attempt to move on from the divisiveness of Donald Trump. And until you know that Ron DeSantis definitely is not going to bring that future into being, then you stick with the guy with the absolutely proven record. Now, establishment Republicans don't care about any of this, and their major argument for Ron DeSantis is that he somehow handled COVID better than Donald Trump did. They say that Donald Trump locked down the whole nation, but Ron DeSantis went his own way and kept Florida open. Well, that right there is proof that Donald Trump didn't lock down the nation. That's also not something Donald Trump has the power as president to do, at least not without abusing emergency powers. And so he left it up to the states to make their own choices. In Democrat states, we saw the choices they made. They locked down. 
And because the media was promoting that agenda the whole time, we had the idea that the entire country had locked down. But that's simply not true. Christy Noman, South Dakota, never locked down. DeSantis and Brian Kemp kept their states mostly open. Texas did all right. Tennessee did all right. But the entire establishment went along with the COVID game. And most of the people out there being very, very upset about Donald Trump saying Ron DeSanctimonious were the same people taking mask selfies in the spring of 2020 and saying, oh, Donald Trump needs to take this more seriously. Why isn't Donald Trump listening to the experts? Why is Donald Trump saying all these stupid things when the experts are saying the exact opposite thing? Well, which one of them was right? Ron DeSantis went along with that stuff. Ron DeSantis said we should listen to Anthony Fauci. It's not like he has a clean record. Again, I think Ron DeSantis is one of the best governors in the country, but I'm not sure that's a high bar to cross. But they complained and complained. How immature, how egomaniacal, how dumb for Donald Trump to make a small joke about Ron DeSantis just three days before the election. Doesn't he know that he's dividing the party? Well, he's not dividing the party and wasn't dividing the party. And it's funny to say that when it's the GOP establishment and all of the people who think that the election deniers need to be ignored and marginalized when they're the only people in the country who've been right the whole time. And they call Trump and his supporters stupid. They assume that they're bots because they're getting pushback to their very dumb points. They're making whining about Donald Trump. Oh, these must be Trump bots responding like this. No, man, you've just been in a censored environment for the last two and a half years. And you are only getting the story of the left wing mainstream and the GOP establishment. There is a good 30 or 40, maybe even bigger percentage of the country that are strictly MAGA and want nothing to do with the GOP establishment. And there will be a lot of former Democrats moving to only MAGA as well as soon as they understand election fraud and a number of these other issues that the GOP establishment has been dead wrong about. And that's why these people are continuing to gatekeep information and attempting to control the narrative. They want everybody to stop at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis makes leftists a little mad, or at least they like complaining about him. Everybody in the establishment, they love him, especially if they can get control over him. And the point is that they've been trying, at least those are the reports that have been going out from donors and insiders and whoever else. Are those reports true? Who knows? But it's not like it's something outlandish or impossible that the GOP establishment in Congress and that the donor class would want to move on from Donald Trump, who is a threat to the existence of the establishment and the existence and relevance of the donor class. So even if Ron DeSantis is loyal to America first and is truly the man he portrays himself to be, there's still no problem in making fun of the GOP establishment if you're Donald Trump, especially when you know you can get all of them to immediately expose themselves. And that's exactly what they did. There is no election related threat 
with Donald Trump making a very small joke about Ron DeSantis a couple days before. What's going to happen? Are Donald Trump MAGA voters going to not vote for Ron DeSantis in Florida? Well, that's obviously not true. So that's not going to happen. So it's not like he's hurting Ron DeSantis's ability to win. Then they tried to say that this is going to get more Democrats out to vote for Charlie Crist. That, again, doesn't make any sense at all. If anything, Donald Trump making a small joke that people took as an insult about Ron DeSantis, that's going to make Ron DeSantis seem like an anti-Trump vote to people who have been Democrats, who have been in the middle, who are sick of COVID or sick of wokeness of all that stuff. And they're just not sure if they have it in them to pull that lever for a Republican, knowing that might empower Donald Trump. There's a lot of people out there who are very, very sick of Democrats and still don't like Donald Trump because they haven't thought their way through all the important situations of the last couple of years. They haven't spent the time. They haven't gone deep enough to actually understand who Donald Trump is and what exactly it is that he's done. So it's possible that Donald Trump making fun of Ron DeSantis actually attracts more Democrats and, you know, self-imagined centrists to Ron DeSantis. So it's not bad for Trump. It's not bad for DeSantis. It's not bad for the election outcome. In fact, it might even help. So who is this bad for? Well, the only parties it could be bad for would be the GOP establishment and the GOP establishment media. Again, all of these people were absolutely wrong about COVID. They were absolutely wrong about vaccines. They were absolutely wrong about election fraud, and they didn't check on any of it. They allowed the media to do the work. They allowed the party to do the work. They said, we all need to rely on these authorities. We certainly can't trust Donald Trump. He's dumb. He's an egomaniac. And when they are insulting Trump like that, they are insulting his supporters, or at least they're attempting to. The crazy thing is that they're actually just insulting themselves and exposing themselves. These morons actually think that they are smarter and tougher and more wily and clever than Donald Trump is. But there's absolutely no proof anywhere in the world of that being true. They completely rely on their credentials, their blue check marks on Twitter, their positions at establishment media outlets and think tanks. They rely on the fact that their position tracks the central narrative. It tracks what the mainstream media is trying to convince the country to believe. So they just give their take on that scenario. They know they have the masses who are addicted to the central narrative. They're not going to get an argument from that space at all. And as soon as Twitter and other platforms have censored all the no-no people, they're not going to get any pushback at all. So they've gone on like this now for well over two years, having their position protected. Yes, they get blowback from the left. Yes, the wokes call them racist. So sorry. That's so sad. It must be so hard for Ben Shapiro and Ben Dominich and Brett Baer, and Neil Cavuto, and Mike Cernovich. They really believe they're out there fighting the good fight. 
Donald Trump making fun of Ron DeSantis is only bad for these people. And they can't even deal with any pushback at all because they have been protected for the last two and a half years. So when Trump does that, they immediately believe that they have to rush to DeSantis's defense and they just show everyone exactly who they are. It's not like they made good points. They didn't even think through the situation. And it turns out that 18 hours later, Donald Trump had another rally where he endorsed Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis. So the crazy thing is they don't even have the one possible point they were initially trying to make that somehow Donald Trump was opposed to DeSantis and somehow Donald Trump was going to hurt DeSantis's election chances. Not a single one of these people ever stood up and got angry at the Republican establishment in 2020 as they were openly attempting to undermine Donald Trump and then in the period after the election, they said we should all move on. Joe Biden is the winner. There's no proof of election fraud, baseless claims, no evidence. The courts threw out the cases. Well, not all of them, but they didn't check. Bill Barr said there was no evidence of widespread election fraud that could have changed the outcome. And they said, look at that. Even the president's attorney general is saying that. But they didn't check. They didn't look to see if the underlying facts supported what Bill Barr said or supported what Donald Trump said. They did the thing the establishment wanted them to do. They trusted Chris Krebs when he said it was the safest and most secure election of all time. That is patently untrue and factually proven to be untrue. All of it is over the last two years. But they didn't stand up and say it. They didn't look out for Donald Trump. They're protecting Ron DeSantis at Donald Trump's expense after protecting the establishment at Donald Trump's expense and the expense of MAGA and the expense of the Republican Party and the expense of the country. That is what these people did in 2020, and they still haven't checked. They still haven't admitted fault, and they never will. They're just going to keep going with it. Ben Shapiro was tweeting about it this morning. Even the controversy died 18 hours ago, and Shapiro's got to bring it back up again because he's probably going to talk about it on his podcast today, and he'll say how great Ron DeSantis was and how terrible Donald Trump was. So they don't understand what has happened at all. Donald Trump made a very small joke, very slight joke, not even really an insult, not even really offensive. And all of these people freaked out. Less than 24 hours later, Donald Trump endorsed the man he joked about. So that whole thing is off the table. There was no ill effect whatsoever. They took their first impression of what Trump did, applied common establishment logic to it, and then went out with their hot takes. And their hot takes are now irreversible. They have said that Donald Trump backed down to the pressure from DeSantis fans and supporters on Twitter. And that's why he came back out and endorsed DeSantis. Their anger was so powerful that they got Donald Trump to change course. Now, that is utterly absurd. He hasn't listened to these people at any point for the last seven and a half years since he came down the escalator. He certainly didn't start yesterday. But between the joke and Trump's eventual re-endorsement of Ron DeSantis, 
they were all certainly informed in their comments, hey, this isn't what Trump is doing. Why don't you understand what he's doing? Did they listen to anybody? No, they called them bots and conspiracy theorists. And a mere 24 hours later, they've all been proven wrong. Trump is fine. DeSantis is fine. DeSantis's position might even be enhanced among Democrats because of the ostensible difference that Trump put between them. But it couldn't have been Trump doing something smart. It could only have been Trump doing something dumb and dangerous and immature and irresponsible. Just like every other situation that they have reacted to this way over the last seven and a half years. It's very funny that they don't believe there's any possibility that Donald Trump could be planning these things, could actually be thinking his way through what the reaction would be and whether or not that would help the cause. Donald Trump's not playing. 4D chess or 5D chess or 17D chess. Donald Trump doesn't have the capacity for any of that. All Donald Trump has the capacity to do is say dumb and immature things, except they keep being wrong when they have this reaction every single time they have it. And they haven't learned. They haven't learned at all because they still believe they're the smart ones and there's no way it could ever be otherwise. Trump is dumb. His supporters are dumb. There's just no other explanation for anything. And it doesn't change no matter how many times these people are only wrong and never right about any of it. It just doesn't matter because they are part of the same hate movement. The rest of the communists are part of. They are globalists. Okay. They might seem like they're not communists. I get it. They're out there singing the glories of capitalism in their own special way. They don't believe that they want the Marxism, the cultural Marxism. They speak out loudly about all that. And while they do it, while they declare that they are not communists, they are just not these people. They continue to support candidates and the establishment regime that makes up the part of the uniparty that is simply branded to people who are themselves ostensibly supporting capitalism and free markets and American values. I'm not really interested in these people's thoughts about themselves when they are wrong about everything all the time and did not help to keep Trump in office and did not help the country in attempting to rectify the election fraud. The GOP establishment is useless, and we are about to see them attempt to strike back against Donald Trump. We might be looking at two years of that, in fact, and we need to be ready for that. These people are not our friends just because they're on our side sometimes. We don't need to accept crumbs and handouts from these people. It doesn't matter that they are largely right about the gender debate. An actual six-year-old only knows that there are boys and girls. A most basic level of rationality and morality can lead people to support the proper side of that issue. And the truth is, most of the GOP establishment has been run over on that stuff anyway, because they're all afraid of ever being called names and 
ever feeling like liberal elites and late night talk show hosts and popular Instagram celebrities don't like them. These people have no principles. The only principle they care about is the enhancement of their own power. And I think we're going to begin to see some pretty clear signs of this over the next few days, especially if the narrative is the Republicans have achieved sweeping midterm wins, but not quite the red wave some were expecting. And we have a 25 seat majority in the House or a 35 seat majority in the House. We should have a 75 plus seat majority in the House, if not bigger, if there was no election fraud. But there almost definitely will be election fraud. The results we see reported will include some amount of election fraud pretty much everywhere. Remember, the GOP establishment, the GOP elites and the donor class do not want a MAGA majority in the Congress. Mitch McConnell doesn't want a MAGA majority. Mitch McConnell may not even want a Senate majority because he is just fine with being the gatekeeper of power on the right because it always works to his own benefit. He's just fine being minority leader. They're not going to be looking to pass the America first agenda into law any more than they were between 2017 and 2021 while Donald Trump was there. These people will almost definitely claim victory, not the victory we could have, not the victory we deserve, not the victory the size of our majority would justify, just a substantial victory that really shifts the balance of power. And then all of these people will say to the mainstream media, to Republicans, to Democrats, to everyone, they'll say the American people have spoken. They demanded new leadership, and that is what we are going to give them. We are going to listen to the people in their priorities, and one of their priorities is that we begin to unify the country, and the GOP establishment are going to attempt to rebrand themselves as the great unifiers. Just make sure you keep those Trump people out of there, that 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 percent of the country who know the 2020 election was stolen. Let's keep those people quiet and we can, you know, we'll, we're happy to shut down those three to 5% of deranged lunatics on the left that think it's a good thing that doctors are lopping off children's genitals. We can make sure not to take them seriously either. The way we're going to unify the country is by taking all of those people in the establishment and in the elites, the people who have been shaping our culture forever. We're going to say they're all unifying. They're all going to talk about how they're unifying with each other. And then we're going to pretend the country has now been unified. And if you don't want it to go back to that bad, bad way, we need to move on from Donald Trump. That's who Donald Trump is making jokes about when he makes a joke about Ron DeSantis. Does Ron DeSantis represent America first principles? Does he represent MAGA? Maybe he does. I cannot wait to find out. But one thing we know for certain is that the establishment wants people to believe that Ron DeSantis is the guy. So if you see DeSantis coming out, talking about how our big priority moving forward should be unity. I'd say that's as clear a sign as you could ever see that Ron DeSantis ain't the guy. He's the establishment's guy. 
but let's see. I'm open to it, totally open to it, but we have to have our eyes open and we have to expect that we have not seen our last betrayal. We don't owe Ron DeSantis anything for being better than the rest of the governors. Being next in line for president is not the prize you win for speaking out against Disney and appointing a good surgeon general. It's the prize you win for being the best representative of the people. And until DeSantis proves that by bucking the establishment himself, which to my knowledge, he has never done, then Trump is the guy and Trump remains the guy until another the guy emerges and that new the guy just might be a woman too. You don't just go ahead and side with team COVID, team election fraud denial, just because they seem like our friends on the TV and on the podcast. I don't trust anyone until they admit the truth of what happened in the 2020 election and work to rectify that situation. That's something we should demand from the media figures we follow and pay attention to. And it's something we should certainly demand from candidates who want to represent the movement and be president. Now, this is just for laughs, but I would love to see the scenario emerge tomorrow where MAGA wipes out Democrats all across the country. The most unimaginably big red wave of all time. And Ron DeSantis loses in Florida to Charlie Crist. Now, I want to be clear. I don't actually want Ron DeSantis to lose to Charlie Crist. I want the media to report that happened so that immediately there is no question whatsoever in the minds of all of these election fraud deniers who have kept themselves seeming like the smart and responsible brokers of information over the last two years. What would they say then when Republicans wipe out everybody except Charlie Crist? The one emergent superstar Ron DeSantis loses to some hack retread former Republican governor of Florida. Would they still be saying that we need to respect the results of a free and fair election? Or would they realize that the elections are not free and fair? Why is it Ron DeSantis that they're willing to fight for when it comes to election integrity and not Donald Trump, even while the country is on the line? Ask yourself that about all of these people. I want Republicans to win every single race everywhere. But if there was one for them to lose for the media to report that they've lost, that would be the perfect one because nobody's going to stand for it. And if members of the GOP establishment did, well, the game is pretty much lost in terms of where their loyalties lie. These are the people who called us conspiracy theorists for pointing out the obvious truth that the 2020 election was stolen. They don't want to associate with the no-no people any more than the rest of the mainstream wants to associate with the no-no people. They believe that they are the serious people. They are the responsible people. They are the adults back in the room. Remember, Donald Trump is dumb and immature. He's a narcissist and an egomaniac. And all of his supporters are in a cult. The people in the mainstream right believe that as well. And again, 
they've never checked, just like Mike Rothschild has never checked. There was a Q post that came out yesterday, the first one in over five months, and it had to do with the Ukraine situation and Biden involvement in Ukrainian corruption. And I bring this up just to make a little point about what is considered a conspiracy theorist these days. Mike Rothschild saw this Q post and Mike Rothschild is like one of the main QAnon reporters. He's the one who tells all the normies out there what QAnon is, him and Will Summer of the Daily Beast and like Anon Palmer from Newsweek. That's about it. They're imagined to be the experts on the conspiracy theory. And of course, everybody knows it's all crazy. So you might as well let these guys do the work and just trust them. So he wrote, there's a new Q drop babbling some nonsense about Hunter Biden, like the new drops in June. It's so obviously Jim Watkins and so devoid of interesting content that it's not even worth covering in depth at this point. Well, there's absolutely no reason to believe that it's Jim Watkins. Yeah, he owned the message board that the Q posts were appearing on, but that in no way makes Jim Watkins Q. And who Q is, is basically irrelevant. I've taken the subject very seriously. I've thought a lot about it. I've talked about it on this podcast. I've written 25,000 words in a series that is on the Substack. if you want to know my full thoughts about it. But these people never even address the substance of what they're talking about. And he's coming right out and saying it. It's not worth covering in depth. Now, in terms of the Ukraine post, the Q post was asking questions like what groups are financing Ukraine? Why was Hunter in Ukraine? What did Pop threaten to withhold from Ukraine? And there's a long series of questions. But all you have to do is go to the Biden laptop report from Marco Polo and you can search for Ukraine. You can find out what sorts of deals the Bidens were creating in Ukraine. We all know that Hunter worked for the energy company Burisma with absolutely no experience whatsoever. And he got a very, very high paying job there. Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars of aid from Ukraine unless they fired the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, who was looking into Biden family corruption in Ukraine. It's also worth noting that Joe Biden still has not gone to Ukraine to check in on how his war effort over there is actually going. And so I highlighted Mike Rothschild's post and I added some Biden related Ukraine context and I included the Q post. And what I want to point out is that for me doing that, for me applying the actual context of the conversation that Mike Rothschild decided to bring up just so he could tell everybody, hey, don't worry about looking at that thing ever. I would be called the conspiracy theorist and Mike Rothschild would still be the serious journalist, even though he's not willing to look into or analyze the actual content of the post, he simply says, oh, that's not worth looking at. Everybody knows about the QAnon conspiracy theory. Well, QAnon's a boogeyman. QAnon doesn't exist. There's Q in the Q post and there are Anons, the people 
who research and post their research online without ascribing it to any name, partly so that they don't get attacked by people like Mike Rothschild. But he's not a conspiracy theorist for perpetuating the notion of this false, obviously false boogeyman. I'm a conspiracy theorist for applying the actual context. And that's what we're dealing with, with establishment media from both sides. If we talk about election fraud because election fraud is considered by the mainstream to be a conspiracy theory, no matter how much evidence we show, all of that evidence is just part of the conspiracy theory. Therefore, we can ignore it all. And if we don't, then we become associated with the conspiracy theory. We become no-no people. We become QAnons, and then everyone's allowed to hate us. The underlying information doesn't matter at all. There are people on Twitter who comment about Rudy Giuliani's press conference where he was sweating and his hair dye was draining down his face. Now, it wasn't a pretty picture certainly wasn't a good production for the seriousness of the subject matter. It was definitely embarrassing, but it doesn't change the underlying subject matter at all. We are talking about people who choose to prioritize form over substance because to focus on the substance would ruin their whole narrative. And it's that narrative that they use to keep their hold on power. Remember, they are the serious people. They are the people who are being very responsible. They are the adults that we need back in the room. Well, hey, adults, you've done a terrible job so far, and it's only going to get worse because a bunch of you just exposed yourselves yesterday in another failed and futile attempt to discredit Donald Trump. And they did it three days before the election. They were the ones doing the thing they were accusing Trump of doing. And not only is Donald Trump responsible for Governor Ron DeSantis being governor in the first place, he's also responsible for all of the most popular MAGA candidates around the country who are going to bring this red wave. Aside from election fraud, Donald Trump is going to have an enormously successful day tomorrow. And it will be because of Donald Trump, not because of Ron DeSantis and not because of the GOP establishment. But are they going to admit it? No, they're going to talk about how we need to unify now. Now, Elon Musk has continued making life difficult for the establishment who depend on the censored environment that Twitter has always provided them. They are completely melting down. Yesterday, Elon posted Twitter needs to become by far the most accurate source of information about the world. That's our mission. And some journalist or something, a digital media manager named Kyle Grantham, who has a blue check for some reason, responded sarcastically. And to do this, I'll let anyone who gives me money appear to be a legitimate source of news rather than just ensuring all legitimate sources of news are confirmed to be who they say they are. So Kyle has his understanding of what that blue check represents to them. That means that the things they say are more serious and more accurate, more worthy of being listened to. That's how you can tell that someone is a 
legitimate source of news. It's not about the source being right regularly or providing their research, showing why they believe what they believe. Nope. It's just about having that little blue check that says you're a legitimate source and then just going on from there. Elon responded, you represent the problem. Journalists who think they are the only source of legitimate information. That's the big lie. And that's a wonderful response. And this set off all sorts of conversation. One of the most popular responses was from a man named Chris Jackson, who's a former Democratic Party chair. He wrote, so basically Elon thinks Bubba's opinion is just as valid as a credentialed journalist. And there you have the perfect example of elitism. Anybody who disagrees with the establishment is Bubba. They're dumb. They don't know anything. No one should listen to those people. Not when you can listen to blue check Democrats and establishment rhino simps. There is no substance here. It is always an appeal to authority. Always. The blue check represents authority. If all the people with the blue checks are trusting the science and following the science and they're like Mike Cernovich saying, just fucking wear a mask, portraying themselves as the tough, responsible guys. They're not like the woke left. They know all that stuff is stupid, but They will go along with the mainstream story for this because it's so important. I'm going to look like the protector of weaker people by wearing my mask as if the symbol for your ability to protect others is your willingness to bend to the mob so you don't get insulted by communists. But all they were doing was following authority as well. Someone gives them the answer. This is the responsible answer. This is the answer the science and the data provide. So this is what we must go along with. We can't do the thinking for ourselves. We can't go check. We can't say, hey, there's no way in the world that masks have any physical mechanism for stopping the spread of an aerosolized virus. So the masks can't possibly work. You can't say that. You have to say better safe than sorry. Because that's what responsible people do. It is always just a chain of authority. And they imagine themselves as very important links on that chain. They get their information from the authoritative source. And then their job is to give it out to all the dummies out there. It's not enough to just hear the science from the science, Anthony Fauci. We need to hear it from Mike Cernovich. Once Mike Cernovich says, yes, they're right. Trust the science. Well, then we know that's what smart people do who aren't woke leftists. And then it becomes right to us, of course, because we have to look to Mike Cernovich's authority with the blue check and his million totally real followers. And he's going to give us the real authority. It's just his job to pass it down to us. That's what the serious people do. That's what the responsible people do. So let's talk about some more potential outcomes for tomorrow. John Fetterman, the walking vaccine negative side effect in Pennsylvania, put out this statement today. His campaign put it out. Obviously, John Fetterman does not have the ability to make statements. Donald Trump reportedly, quote, plans to challenge 
the 2022 election starting in Philly, and he is fixated on challenging the results of Pennsylvania's Senate race as a dress rehearsal for Trump 2024. Now, this isn't actually true. Races will be challenged around the country due to the degree of fraud in those races. Here's what Trump said on Saturday night at the rally he hosted for Oz and Mastriano. I'm so worried about Oz and Doug Mastriano. We can't let this happen. The election was rigged and stolen, and we're not going to let it happen again. No, we're not going to let it happen again. So from now on, you can't do all the things they did to us because they were illegal. And so Donald Trump is saying we are not going to allow them to steal the elections in Pennsylvania. He says the same thing when he is in other states for the candidates he's endorsing in other states. And that is good. That's what's supposed to happen. The person who is in charge of the movement, the leader of the movement, who has spent the last two years calling attention to these issues, should be out in front leading the charge and saying, we are expecting fraud here and we are not going to allow them to steal it. Back to the statement. Doug Mastriano said the fact that it will take several days to count ballots is an attempt to have the fix in. And of course, that's exactly right. Tucker Carlson told his Fox News viewers it would be absurd for voters to accept the Pennsylvania election as legitimate if John Fetterman wins. Again, that's exactly right. Pennsylvanians aren't morons who are going to go out and vote for John Fetterman. Just like black and Hispanic Americans in massive urban environments are not morons. They don't go out and continue voting for the Democrats that continue destroying their cities. Their votes are stolen. And you can see that when you see them rounding up ballot harvesters that tell people, yes, there are ballot harvesting rings. Project Veritas exposed this before the 2020 election and people still believe it's not true. It's extremely true. Democrats steal black and Hispanic votes. Democrats steal votes wherever they can, but especially in those urban environments where they can claim these massive black and Hispanic populations that will surely vote only for the Democrats. And then they return 95% of the black vote for Democrats. And they say it's because we're the party that's not racist. Fetterman says, or Fetterman's campaign says Ted Cruz is baselessly raising doubts about larger cities in Pennsylvania taking too long to count ballots. Well, actually, it's the taking too long to count ballots that raises doubts. Even Oz has repeatedly raised doubts about the integrity of the 2020 election results for his own political gain. No, it's because he's being honest. Questioning the 2020 election is one of the third rails of American politics for the last two years. That's why even people in the GOP establishment refuse to do it. It doesn't make it therefore untrue. It's 100% true that the election in 2020 was stolen. The evidence is overwhelming and it's everywhere. All you have to do is check in order to know that. And it's going to take some time. It's a complicated subject that you actually do have to spend some time to understand. You can't just send someone a link, but that's not good enough for Twitter. 
That's not good enough for Democrats. That's not good enough for centrists. They all know that they're very serious people. They're such serious people that they know exactly which sources of authority they should always be listening to. And they know they should listen to those sources of authority because those sources of authority will also point to even higher sources of authority. And none of them ever realize that arguments from authority are logical fallacies. And there's a good reason for that. It's because often the authorities are wrong or they're lying. They're acting in bad faith. That's why you actually have to check for yourself. And if you check for yourself, you don't need the arguments from authority because you actually know. Fetterman's campaign wraps up. The bottom line, buckle up for a long week. This race is close and we should all be prepared for a process that takes several days before all eligible votes are properly counted and the results are clear. But there is no reason for the results to take that long. Biden keeps talking about how they're not going to start counting the ballots until after the election is over. But that's only because that's the actual law in those places. Prior to this year, they don't count any of the ballots until the election is over. There is nothing about that fact that makes it impossible to return results that night. You're going to see massive states like Florida and Texas have their results in tomorrow night. But we're told Pennsylvania needs a few days and Arizona is going to need a few days. Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, all those big states the Democrats stole in 2020. Well, they need some time to be able to steal them again. And Washington and Oregon will probably take a while because they're about to lose the deep blue status they've held for so long. California is going to need three weeks. Why do they need three weeks? Oh, because California has the biggest population. No, that's not the answer. The answer is because they set the system up this way so they could get the results they want. The malicious globalist cuck Bill Crystal who used to pretend to be a conservative, chimed in about Democrat election prospects last night. He wrote, hey, don't want to interrupt my Democratic friends when they're engaged in their favorite sports of the gnashing of teeth and the tearing of garments. But it looks as if the Democratic Party will have the best midterm performance by a party in the White House in two decades. So either Bill Crystal is completely detached from reality and he is trying to appeal to brain dead communists who are super into things like the Lincoln Project and super into the idea that even the good Republicans agree with them. Either he's convincing them that they have something worth fighting for and that they should be really excited to believe the results as soon as they come in. Or he knows something about how much election fraud is going to occur around the country tomorrow. Why does the fake former conservative Bill Crystal think the Democrats are about to have the best midterm performance of a party in power in decades? How is that possible? And of course, it's not possible. There's no polling that supports that. There's no real world information that supports that. I don't think anyone in their social circle believes that to be true. The country has obviously shifted in our direction for the last two years in every way imaginable. 
by what standard, by what weekly standard could Bill Crystal possibly be right about this? And there is none. It's only a narrative to support fraudulent outcomes. But the question is, does he know something? Has he been tipped off about what they plan to do? There's no reason to express this sort of confidence. It's just insane. And speaking of other fake former Republicans who expose themselves as rhinos and then just expose themselves as global communists, this is a thread by Rick Wilson of the Lincoln Project today. You might know Rick Wilson because his wife had a picture of their Confederate flag cooler on their Instagram. And Rick, along with the other communists in the Lincoln Project, covered up the fact that their co-worker and co-founder was a pedophile. Here's his thread. Washington's media culture really likes Kevin McCarthy. He's an affable, backslapping dude. He's easy to have a beer with. He plays the role of the reasonable guy who smirks in private at the MAGA clown show. We have it from three events in the last year that Kevin's pitch to major donors was, hey, help me get my people through the primary so we have numbers against the crazies. But for all that private reasonableness and bonhomie, Kevin's majority and yes, folks, redistricting and math means he'll have one will be majority MAGA. Trump's inevitable re-entry into the 2024 race, are you not paying attention, will mean the MAGA majority of the GOP caucus will weaponize the House. There have been other previews, but this one is mine. You got that? So Kevin McCarthy presents himself as a reasonable good guy, but really he is just a MAGA subversive. Once again, this is the view from the Lincoln Project Den of Confusion. Impeachment Palooza. Kevin will try to hold the line, but Trump will demand it and he'll fold in a hot minute. Jim, I can't hear the screaming from the locker room. Jordan will preside. Biden, Harris, Blinken, the DHS folks at all. It's Republican Oprah. You get an impeachment and you get an impeachment. And yeah, maybe that might happen. But it's only because the people who are sitting illegitimately in office and pretending to run this country right now have done so many unconstitutional things that are a direct violation of American society and culture and, of course, American law. Expect two years of nonstop Hunter Biden's laptop horseshit. I mean, forever. It will fill the MAGA disinfo channels with even more lurid madness on which to base their 2024 campaign. Again, Trump will demand it and they will execute on it. You got that? Hunter Biden's laptop isn't real. Republicans are just going to make all of it up. Rick Wilson is a political fan fiction writer, and that's why he tries to make his writing more interesting. He tries to expand his vocabulary. He's just a common moron and liar, though. Fauci isn't going to enjoy retirement because these goons are going to do an anti-vax passion play with him as the villain. Why did you stop us from curing the vid with bones, faith healing and horse dewormer? Does that represent reality? Not at all. But he's right about the Fauci part. Fauci's life is going to be hell, just like he made life hell for millions and millions of Americans. Anthony Fauci is a Nazi doctor who has committed crimes against humanity, and he will be held accountable. Expect the DOJ, FBI, at all. 
to come under withering attack as a way to intimidate the prosecution of Trump and the January 6th terrorists. This is the show that many of the D.C. media will both sides and the country will suffer for it terribly. Oh, yeah, it's not these false narratives about these prosecutions with all the false evidence where the real evidence is never shown to the American public by the American media, where people actually have to dig for it online themselves so that the mainstream can always avoid it. It's not that it's that they're going to both sides it because after the department of justice was weaponized and turned against American citizens and a duly elected American president, it's going to be a both sides thing where what's good for the goose is good for the gander. When Republicans turn that system around on Democrats that actually committed crimes and Republicans that actually committed crimes and career bureaucrats who have actually committed crimes. Other investigations into any group or person who ever opposed Trump are pretty predictable. I, for one, await the subpoena. And I hope you are awaiting it, Rick. You are also a criminal and a liar and a fraud. And your time will come. You should also look forward to 100 DOA bills that are pure trolling. And he means dead on arrival. And he's saying that they're dead on arrival because even if they pass the House and pass the Senate, Joe Biden would be there to veto them. I guess we'll see. Bring back leaded gas freedom fuels, nuke the caravans, build the wall 2024 and so on. They're to feed the maw of the Fox Facebook ecosystem. No, they're not. These used to be pretty simple and obvious conservative priorities. Do not allow illegal immigration. Do not destroy the entire economy based on the climate change hoax. And yeah, walls actually work. That's why it's made you so mad, dum-dum. Kevin will try to do a bunch of vanilla bills to say he held to the commitment to America he touted earlier this year. It will remind you of an unsuccessfully retired stripper giving dat ass one more shake before slinking backstage. Rick Wilson is a degenerate pervert and a racist, and that is just his history. But listen to how he talks to people. It's Donald Trump who's divisive. It's Donald Trump with the rude tweets. This is a hate movement, and Rick Wilson is one of the leaders of the hate movement. He is one of the people who makes it so okay to hate all of the no-no people, and he's very, very proud of it. But Rick Wilson and Bill Crystal do not agree in their election outcome assessments. Crystal thinks the Democrats are going to have the best midterm imaginable, and Rick Wilson is freaking out about what's going to happen when Republicans retake the House and Senate. He's freaking out so hard that he can't even contain himself. He is just spewing lies and hatred and vitriol in every direction he can. And he's completely wiping out any notion that he was ever a conservative. Now, Captain Seth Keschel gave out his predictions for the elections tomorrow and his are based on actual work and evidence and not just a rehashing or reframing of the central narrative. Here's what he expects. 
he puts up his house map with a little asterisk on his predictions. He says these are based on elections that have a clean rating as seen through 2016 and noticeable trends and shifts. Yes, I know you don't need to remind me that the elections in this country have major issues. He says, but if we had clean elections, I would expect a map like this. He shows his map with a total of 255 seats won by Republicans and 180 for Democrats. That is a massive Republican majority, 75 seats. Could be even higher than that if they're able to thwart the election fraud efforts tomorrow or if they're able to rectify them in the post-election period, which is obviously what I'm hoping for. We should not be satisfied with any outcome that includes fraud. We can't ignore it just because the GOP establishment tells us it's time to unify and you want your family and friends to stop calling you a conspiracy theorist. The country is more important than the names you're being called. And there is no country if we can't guarantee free and fair elections and not just tomorrow, but for the future. No matter what happens tomorrow, we still need to be prepared to fight on the election fraud issue for as long as it takes, even if it takes another two years. Hopefully things will get a little easier tomorrow in certain ways, but there is more fighting to be done. Keschel goes on with his Senate prediction. He predicts no Democrat flips. So whatever seats are up for election that the GOP currently holds, he's expecting Republicans to win. He expects GOP flips in Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, and New Hampshire. That is Blake Masters, Jim Marchant, Herschel Walker, and Don Bolduc. He expects the GOP to hold seats in Pennsylvania and Ohio, where establishment Republicans have given up their seats. And Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, J.D. Vance in Ohio are expected to win. Ron Johnson would hold his seat in Wisconsin. He says this is a 54 to 46 GOP. We need Shabaka to pull it off in Alaska over Murkowski, and she would easily win without ranked choice voting. He says the two other dark horses are Perkins and Smiley in Oregon and Washington. That would be a 56 44 GOP. And that is a pretty dominant Senate majority. He says for the governor races, he predicts 34 Republican wins to only 16 Democrat wins. That would be a massive majority for Republican governors. We can get a lot of things done on a lot of different bases if that is what the governors around the country end up looking like. So the predictions for tomorrow pretty much cover the entire range of potential outcomes. But I think that the most important thing to look out for tomorrow is that which represents the establishment's top priorities. And we need to remember that this is good twin, evil twin. This is about factions. It's not about parties. They care about keeping global communist uniparty members in positions of power, no matter what party they're from. They do not want MAGA. They do not want America first. They do not want people who prioritize sovereignty, whether of the individual or the nation. So they want to keep the establishment in power and they want to make sure that they keep their election apparatus in place. That is why they are going to need a relatively small 
Republican win in the House and the Senate. They'll try to steal all sorts of down ballot races, and then they will try to unify the country so no one talks about election fraud. That is their best case scenario, and we should be looking for how they approach that best case scenario. It is not realistic to convince the country that the Democrats won the House and the Senate and retained all that and then retained all the down ballot power because nobody's going to believe it. They need to present believable results that make people trust the system again. That's what they're going to go for. And that is what I expect we will see from the mainstream media as they announce the results. And then it is going to be up to us, just like in 2020, to figure out exactly where they've cheated, exactly who they stole elections from, and make sure the country continues to learn about these things. And that is going to be a process. And that part of it's not going to be fun. I hope election fraud is eliminated. I hope election fraud isn't a major factor. I hope we have massive Republican wins tomorrow, but that's not what I expect to happen. What we need to do is get out there and vote. It is a visible show of force that people will understand, and we need to be prepared to stand up against election fraud, just as the people in Brazil are doing right now. This is government of, by, and for the people. That is our birthright. That is what we are promised. And it is up to us to guarantee that's how it goes. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month. Comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree. Linktree.com slash imyourmoderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!